Lighter, crispier, yummier. Try Domino's new thin and crispy crust with any large pizza. Domino's believes in giving back to its communities, putting people first and living each day with purpose. This podcast is brought to you by Domino's Pizza. Ribbit, ribbit, and welcome to the Wait. early bit. What? <laughs> Sorry, we can't say that anymore. Which part can't we? Ribbit, it's copyrighted. Ribbit, really, is copyrighted? Well, uh, I'll go from the top. I'll cut that part. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the lily pad, a fortnightly dive in. Yeah, we can't say that anymore either. Fortnightly. Yeah, it's the name of Tom Ballard's new show. Oh, God, not Tom again. Hey, Bumblebee, here's a fun idea. Why don't you tell me all of the words I can't say anymore just now? All right. Um, well, dive, topics, host, um, what else? Lily pad. One of those is the name of the show, so that's not going to work. I'm just going to do the original script. You can you can edit it. Me? Yeah, you. <sighs> Rip. And welcome to the li- an unforgettable for intertop important to you. I'm your host. I'm not here to make friends, bitch. Luke. Hopping along, singing a song, talking to folks about what's going on. From my pond to yours. And this week we're joined by Birabi and Wirami drag artist and Aboriginal cast member of the debut season of Drag Race Down Under, Jojo Zaho. So welcome to the pad. Hi, Dylan. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. I have to actually thank you for um, the impact you're able to make in a single episode of Drag Race. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. catchphrases, a runway look that got people talking. You shared uh, a really important part of your history as well. I think in a single single episode, uh, that's pretty iconic to get that all done. Yeah, like I, I knew going in that I would intentionally kind of like bait the other queens into like real conversations. I'm on here, so shit, yeah, I'm going to talk about real stuff. Like I, I, I don't really come from, I guess, like a broken home or anything like that, so I don't really have that kind of backstory. So I'm like, mm. well, I'm going to use this platform to kind of like start an education journey for most people. And I was like, bugger it. If they put it in, they put it in. So I'm going to give them pretty much just that. So they've got no choice but to put it in. I was so excited when that conversation started because it yeah. was it, it was one of my fears with the announcement that none of that would make it to air. Yeah. And then you were there maybe in the first 15 minutes talking and I was like, yes. Yeah. No, I was definitely going to have it. Because uh, the shoot got pushed back by like five days. And so we were meant to originally start filming on uh, Invasion Day. Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds very, very and in so line like, with Australia, actually. Yeah. So I was like, okay, we're meant to start filming on this day. There's going to be some conversations today. <laughs> and let's see how many of them end up in the episode. Yeah. Not to be too pretty much. <laughs> I wanted to ask for a country with such a rich cultural history. Do you feel like First Nation and Indigenous performers are still super underrepresented within our community? So a recent report I saw 
showed that there's literally a 2.1% of Indigenous presenters and reporters on television. Yeah. The cast rate of our first season was like a 5% POC representation. What do you think's going going on? I know that's just a huge question, but... Yeah. So there is, there's, a, there's a huge kind of underrepresentation when it comes to people of colour, especially Indigenous people. And when mm. they are represented, it's usually kind of not so mainstream. So it's your ABCs, your NITVs, your SBSs, mm. where we're kind of put. So we're not so much put in the mainstream as often. Yeah. Um, and, and that was my thing with Drag Race. Even though Drag Race is kind of mainstream, it's still not that mainstream. Yes. Um, you know, over the years, it's, it's starting to get better and we're starting to see more Indigenous representation, which is amazing to see, and that's something that's mainstream. So we are, you know, starting to kind of to kind of break through that surface, but we've still got a lot of work to go. Like even with, like, Kid Leroy being Indigenous, um, yes. he's a Gamilaroi man. So even things like that are definitely helping. It's definitely showing Indigenous youth that, like, hey, we can get into these spaces, we can fight into these spaces. Like, don't feel like you can't just because you're Indigenous. So both Indigenous people kind of recognising that it's our time, we can get into these spaces, and it's also mainstream media and kind of that platform's time to recognise, like, hey, there are incredibly Mm. talented people of colour out there, we need more of them. And not just in a okay, we've got our gay, we've got our black, we've got our what, like, <laughs> like mm. not just kind of like box ticking or like, yeah. oh, my God, we've got uh, an Indigenous Jewish drag queen. That's three. We don't need any more. Oh, Put more oh, free babe. white people in. <laughs> babe, I actually like, do that when I apply for things. I say, yeah. do you know you can tick three boxes with me? <laughs> I'm Asian, I'm queer, and I'm short-sighted. I don't know where that falls in the, the minority hierarchy. Yeah. Well, look, I definitely use tokenism to my advantage. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. Yeah. I'm like, I'll give you queer, curry, cross-dresser. We sorted. Don't hate the player, hate the game. We got to exactly. do. <laughs> but I think it's great. Uh, something I've always thought about, I was on a podcast for two years and one of two POC people and, and one of our hosts took a break for a while and we were trying to replace the host. And I said it absolutely needs to be another POC. And applications were so hard to find because I think, like we were talking about before, maybe a a lot of Indigenous, Black and POC people don't realise the opportunities. We have to put our hands up for them as well because there aren't enough of us there in the first place. Yeah. Uh, It was so great to see you there on Drag Race because I think that seed plants even more POC people to say, I can put my hand up and we absolutely should be putting yeah. our hand up for everything that, that we can. Exactly. And the, that was the thing with Drag Race. I always, like, I love Drag Race. I love watching it for mm. what it is. I'm aware that it's a reality TV show. I knew that before going on there, but I loved it for what it was. Yes. And um, everyone always asked, like, if it came to Australia, would you do it? I was like, oh, probably not. One, it sounds expensive. Two, it sounds intense. <laughs> like, like, it's all shot very quickly. So I'm just like, oh, I don't think I'd do that. And then the position came up and I was like, okay, let's look at this realistically. There are really only a handful of kind of mainstream-ish Indigenous queens. You know, that's mm. myself, Miscellaneous, Chocolate Box and Felicia Fox. Mm. 
Um, and we all talk and none of them have said anything. So I'm like, I've got a feeling I'm the only Indigenous queen that was approached. Mm. So if I say no to this, chances are none of these other queens none. are even going to get looked at. So I was like, okay, well, <clears throat> sometimes you need to be the change you want to see in the world. So bugger it, let's, let's do this. So much better that you did. Yeah, Can you imagine if Felicia Fox got on this season? Oh, her and Scarlett. I'd pay I'd, money uh, for that fight. I would pay-per-view for that. That yeah. would be like a UFC. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Once I kind of got eliminated and I found out all about that stuff with Scarlett, I was like, God damn it. Why couldn't they put her and Felicia on season two? That'd give you great TV. <laughs> A big yeah. shout out to Felicia for all of the work that she did. Absolutely. Because there was Huge. a period where I wasn't allowed to talk about it. Yes. Because it was coming up in the episode, none of us queens could address it publicly mm. in any way, shape or form. We couldn't even, we couldn't like people's comments about it. We couldn't mm. like like posts about it, nothing. And so I was just kind of like, all right, well, let's reach Reddit. It started to reach Facebook. I've seen it in the comments. Felicia's going to pick it up very quickly. And then she picked it up. I was like, all right. Thank I can goodness. chill now. It was one of those things that I'm like, I want to talk about this, but I'm not allowed to, which made me want to talk about it even more. That's a tricky spot. A, a lot of the drag girls, oh, sorry, a lot of the drag race girls often say the real game begins once the season's over. So once the NDAs are lifted and you're able to talk and you're in the public and there was so much discourse online about some of the more problematic aspects of the season. I, I would actually see on Twitter a lot of people tagging you in and trying to pull you in uh, to certain discussions. Was, yeah. was, was that a super difficult part of the journey for you, the online just explosion that happened? So it was hard because I would constantly get tagged, like, why why is JoJo silent on this? Why hasn't JoJo said anything? And I can't mm. even say to them, I'm not allowed to. <laughs> mm. I can't even explain, I'm not allowed to talk about this. I can't engage in this conversation as much as I would love to. So it was very hard. And I started to get, I started to kind of push back with WoW a bit and kind of not fight with them, just be like, look, this is going to do more damage than good. Like, because we can get in trouble if we go against what they've asked us to do. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I've never heard of any girl getting in huge amount of trouble. It's usually uh, a queen will post something in a while and be like, yeah, take that down, please, and then you take yeah. it down. How can I post other stuff and without it actively looking like I'm ignoring mm. this stuff? So, like, there was a long, uh, uh, at the start, there was a good period where I wasn't really posting my looks because I'm like, how can I post that? when I'm ignoring this conversation. Well, when it appears like I'm ignoring this conversation. Absolutely. So it was super weird and then, and hard to kind of navigate. And then eventually I'm like, well, there's nothing I can do. So just post your stuff, get your stuff out there and just kind of navigate it as best as you can. Such a fine Yeah, line. privately I reached out to Felicia and I kind of confided in her like, hey, I know it seems like I'm staying silent on this issue, but I'm not, I just, I can't. I felt so much for you because there was that initial conversation and then there was the return of a contestant later yes. in the season, which sparked another discourse. Yeah. And people do actually watch. They sort of say, who's liking these posts? Who's from the cars? You know, the Nancy Drews on, on, on Reddit go deep into this. Yeah. Who is following who? Who's liking these posts? And, yeah. and I thought, fuck, you were in a tough spot. 
and Coco are in a, a, a the tough, Reddit tough name spot. Bruce going hard. Mm. Like as soon as I got out, like I was looking at Reddit a little bit before because I found it fascinating. Like it was cute and fun. Like oh, they're speculating. I'm like, I haven't come <laughs> up. Yes, this is awesome. I'm gonna be a surprise. And then you know, I started to pop up. Because everyone's like, let's be real. It's gonna need a Corey Queen, so it's gonna be this person or this person. I feel like and I have so- to confess, I was a Reddit Nancy Drew for a while. I've put it in my past, but I was <laughs> I no was shame. one of like, them for a while. Like some of these people on Reddit, I'm like, where are you getting this information? Like the start dates, the end dates, like all this stuff that I'm finding out as we're going is being posted on Reddit. I'm like, who's leaking? Someone's getting fired. Because <laughs> <laughs> there was so much stuff on there that was posted that was correct. Like there was even a, a an elimination order that was like the closest oh, I'd ever seen. So I'm like, close. We're only halfway through. And because I was stuck in New Zealand because I couldn't leave, um, so I couldn't leave. So as each queen would come out, I would catch up with them and we'd go have lunch, we'd get drinks. So I knew the order. And so I'm like just watching this. I'm like, who's talking? <laughs> I, who's I just <laughs> I get the feeling from when I was part of that community, it, a part of it is uh, – we have um, very little else going on in our personal lives right now. So we are spending a lot of time looking at yeah. your girl's Instagram feeds. Yeah. Um, See, I shot myself in the foot look. because I didn't post that much pre-drag race. I never really put much in my stories and I post stuff occasionally just because I was so busy. Mm. And so I started posting stuff in my story and everyone's like, why are you posting stuff now? You're acting oh, sus. So I immediately stopped and just went to doing it like sparingly. Like every couple of days I'd post something. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. And did you do the thing where you schedule them ahead of time? So you're no, posting while you were in quarantine over in... No, I didn't that's know the how trick. to set that up. There's like a third-party app and I was like, oh, if I'm going to go on this, I really don't want to give my Instagram password to a third-party uh, app. I'm like, I think Ooh. Art did it. I have a feeling Art did it because I, I, I reckon think- I was seeing stuff from her. I Literally think she either did feeling. it or she gave it to her uh, her housemate Tro, who mm. posted on her behalf. I'm not sure. Industry yeah. secrets, we got to. But there were a few posts of us uh, pre-filming Drag Race Hotel Lockdown where, like, she was posting in her hotel room. I looked at one of her pictures. I was like, I've got the exact same pillow because we were next door to each yes. other. Yes. I'm like, bitch, you just took this on your bed. Girl, this is my favourite one. I can't believe we're spending so much time talking about Reddit, Nancy Drew. <laughs> but where they point out the the wallpaper from certain hotels to go, these three queens are in the same hotel right now. I got you. I got you a number. Yeah. I got those receipts. Yeah. And then I did another one where she was talking about uh, going to a uh, hosting a bingo with Polly Filler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was like... Girl, what what do you think is gonna happen when people go to that thing? I was saying the same thing. I was like, I might be in in an Uber to Geelong right now. It went like in Art's case, like everyone knew she was gonna be on. So it was pretty much just a play the game kind of a thing for her and not actually confirm it. It almost felt like a piss take in a way, like which is very I think her sense of humor is oh yeah. I, I, her, her and I get along so well because it's very much that Bogan take the piss kind Bogan. of. <laughs> yeah. Are you tired of boring social media posts from your friends, family, and people you don't remember from high school, but still want to stay engaged online? Download the new app Chatter, the app that automatically likes and comments on your friends' posts with an algorithm so in tune to your besties. 
can't stand your Aunt Catherine? We've got you covered. Or at least a Facebook post about her new haircut. I am dead. Absolute goals. Total girl boss vibes. Looking great, girly. Mmm, looking like a snack. Let them know you're thinking about them, even when you're not. Chatter subscription requires full access to all your personal data and social media accounts. Uh, hold on. Have you been using Chatter on my account, Luke? Absolutely not. No way. I swear. Looking like a snack? That's literally your comment on my post about disclosing my ADHD. But you did. You actually, you looked like a snack. It was literally a photo of a beach to express the internal feelings I've been struggling with my life. You're using chatter. Is now, again, really the right time I'm for us to- I'm not editing a single second of this episode. I'm, I'm gonna go for a vape. Okay, you vape now. All right. Yeah, I will. As soon as you don't let me do it inside. I did want to speak to you about, you know, another such a tricky thing, which is your drag and the art form itself. Because like I said in that first episode, you got to educate. You you looked stunned. I don't care about whatever fucking oh, the wig, cap wig, li- wig cap they're talking <laughs> that about. That I saw five of throughout the rest of the season. And and to me, so many of my friends that, that do drag, that's the most important thing. They see it as a platform. They educate they they're political and they they look gorgeous and, and they entertain on the other hand there are drag queens that say this is just entertainment I, I, you do it to entertain yeah do you juggle that up when you consider your own art and your own drag how much you're tipping into certain issues that are important to you versus i just want to yeah. do a lady gaga number tonight and and, and yeah <laughs> So for me, it all depends on the event that I'm performing at. My biggest thing is educate and entertain. So educate in a fun kind of a way. So like, it depends on on what the gig is. If it's, I'm doing piano bar, then I'll kind of like keep it upbeat. I usually play it out in three different forms. So if I'm doing three spot numbers, which is average for everyone that works at at a a gig, it's usually three. I'll do kind of uh, something ballady almost. Yeah. I'll do um, pure filth comedy. And then I'll usually finish with something energetic and electric to kind of get people pumped the combo. up. So I usually go with those three. And then depending on yeah what the venue is, that ballady one can often be something education. Mm. It's kind yeah. of like a JoJo value meal. You know, like when Pretty you're much. Come, <laughs> you like she's, she's serving you all the sides and trimming. <laughs> yeah, you're getting um, it. <laughs> but no, I say there's room for both. It, drag doesn't have to just be dancing around to Lady Gaga. It doesn't have to be just Katy Perry. And it also doesn't have to be the, the, a big sombre education lesson. Yeah. Like, mm. like there's so many different ways you can take it. And I think to pigeonhole it one way or the other just kind of limits yourself. Like sort of- I try and incorporate my culture and my drag as much as I can because, one, due to uh, a, a curry father and a white mother, I'm very racially ambiguous. <laughs> like, it's, it's kind of <laughs> oh, hard look at to me tell. too, girl. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get Indian, I get Italian, I get Arab. Rarely mm. do I get the right one. So I put it there so that it's, it's the first thing you see. Yeah. It's, it's eye-catching. You can look at me in a certain costume 
and it may not be a flag dress, but the colours of the flag will be incorporated in it, such as my entrance look. It's it's there to kind of signal like, yeah, I'm queer, yeah, I'm a cross-dressing drag queen, and yeah, I'm Chloe. That's such a good yeah. point. You don't always have to burn a Bible on stage, but you don't no. always have to do Katy Perry as well. Exactly. Sometimes you can do both. Oh, it's probably but, got a yeah. song. Yeah, I kiss the girl and burn the Bible at the same time. Like, that's a great mix. That's a good, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I don't see you doing that next month, (laughs) actually, this is a sneaky one. Two part question Would you compete again? I've thought about this and I'm at two minds. One, yes, because like redemption. (laughs) Fully, fully. Two, if I did it again, would I be taking up the space for another Indigenous queen to showcase her talents and her stories? Because I can really only talk about my stories and my perspective being Indigenous and queer. And I find that I've got a quite in-depth perspective, especially growing up in a white neighbourhood. Let's say Chocolate Box's perspective and her life experiences tell a completely different story. So on the same time, at the same time, I'm like, if I do it again, am I taking up person mm. so yeah i'm at about a 50 50 with it like one i'd love to do it again and two i'm like well maybe let somebody else do it yeah, yeah. i think sometimes you can expect there to be just a singular voice for an entire minority or a community and it's yeah. so not true and that's why having more than one Indigenous person on the cast per season or, you know, having more than 5% POC coverage is important because you realise my experience to another half-Filipino queer person, so different stories. Yeah, like I'd love, in a perfect world, like I'd love to go on there with Chocolate Box Mm -hmm. so we can have those conversations together and have those moments and kind of and educate the other queens by sharing our stories and what we experienced growing up. Like I know Chocolate Box's fought tooth and nail to get where she is on the Brisbane scene because it Mm. wasn't very friendly when she started. Like I always say, the further north and the further west, the further backwards it is. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and that's kind of where art helped me over the season being that kind of person to prompt the questions. Like that that conversation we had, that was pointed. Like we knew what we were doing. The camera was there. She's like, so what are you wearing? Knowing full well (laughs) what I'm wearing. And so I'm, like, looking at her like, all right, we're doing this then. I'm wearing this, this, and this, and this is why, and then that led to the conversation. Right. A little bit of self-production. <laughs> <laughs> on reality, on, on RuPaul's Drag Race? Wow, I know, I, I, thought. I could, could never believe. Let's try not to self-produce too much, but, like, let's have these conversations. Yeah. And she's a huge advocate in the way of, I've got a space, I've got ears, let me share mm. your voice. So I had a whole bunch of stuff written down because I didn't know that there was going to be a singing challenge, but there always is. There always is. Always. So I had stuff written down, like B to the L to the A to the Q, that's right, sis, I'm the real board Jew. Verify where am I swooping like a magpie, cutting through the snowstorm, looking like an art form. You say that I'm a criminal because I'm Aboriginal, stuff like that. They should have at least brought you back for that episode. Like, um, she was ready. She was ready. <laughs> she was ready. I have my own version. Um, yeah, but it was mainly there were too many references to fracking, so RuPaul <laughs> cut it. <laughs> fracking my way through the competition. Filipino queen means I probably won't win it. Keep me on the cast because I'm causing drama. Make sure production exploits my trauma. Please, down and 
So I may have off camera accidentally said that. Did you say? <laughs> no. It slipped out. Um, and so I finished the mini challenge after screaming, I'm so mad because that's all I could think of apparently. <laughs> I walked in and I looked at art. I'm like, what the was that? And she's like, she's like, you're going home first now. <laughs> and I did. You don't want to get on that whale blacklist. No. Wrong blacklist, not one with the K. You would have been <laughs> so I was like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that it slipped out. Please don't send me home first. <laughs> Just muffle the mic. Yeah, because we're microphone the whole time, even when the cameras aren't rolling. Like, I did feel bad um, for the sound guys. We basically need to, like, let them know if we're going to the bathroom. And so I'm like, I need to go to the bathroom. Like, I, well, I bolted out of the workroom because the dairy hit quick. Um, <laughs> so I bolted out of the workroom and I'm getting chased by PA. It's like, where are you going? Where are you going? I'm like, I got to poo. Like, get out of my way. Like, you can come with me if you'd like to watch. It doesn't make going. great television. And I, I sat come. down and I'm like, you might want to stop listening for at least five minutes. And I shit, you know, it sounded like. Excuse the pun there. <laughs> Big Mama from Big Mama's house in that bathroom scene where it's just TMI. But I was like, I hope to God you're not listening. Some poor audio the thing is, guys sitting there. <laughs> so I was like, I know full well that someone on the sound team has just heard what came out of me. The things you learn about reality television. Yeah. We we tackled yeah. all the important issues today, Josh. <laughs> and I feel like we bonded because we talked about food. And it's a, it's the best way to it get is. to know someone. I, I just wanted to thank you again for coming on. Is there anywhere you'd like to uh, direct our listeners, um, any projects online you'd like them to follow or anything you'd like to, to plug before we hop along? So probably just, you know, I, I'm on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram only. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not there yet. Some queens are. <laughs> Give it a, yeah. <laughs> Snuck into my feed. Yeah, but. Sister Dick will make you sick. I've got some I've got some good stuff coming. I'm literally just waiting for a bunch of orders of stuff so I can put looks together. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jojo. What did you think, Bumblebee? Bumblebee? I'm still not talking to you right now. Oh, come on. I'm sorry about the whole chatter thing. Have fun editing this week, babes. Be sure to bleep out all the words you weren't meant to use don't be like this be looking like a snack babes and thank you again for joining us for another episode of the lily pad don't forget to subscribe and follow us on instagram at lilygrampod for even more content the lily pad is written and produced by luke forrester and is in no way affiliated with the world of wonder because those guys scare the shit out of me.